Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, September 18th. Let's start with what you missed over the last week, then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. All right, and as always, we're going to start with some baseball. So this week's updates, Phillies star Bryce Harper hit a home run in the ninth to take their game versus the Braves into extra innings. But the Braves survived scoring two in the 10th on Monday. But the Phillies did get their second game in that doubleheader, despite the Braves' first baseman, Olsen, hitting his 49th and 50th home runs of the season. So they got a little bit of payback there. The Brewers beat down the Marlins 12-0. Nothing else to report there. It was just that bad. The Mariners scored three runs in the first against the Angels, but the L.A. team fought back, tying the game to go into extra innings. Then both teams scored two in the 10th, but the Angels got the last laugh, scoring three in the third to put the game away. That would be the last win of the week for the Angels, though they would lose literally the next five. Bray's first baseman Olsen, yes, you heard that name again, got his 51st home run on Tuesday in the 10th inning win over the Phillies. This tied him with the most in Braves history. He would surpass that record on Saturday, so he now holds that alone with 52 home runs in a season. The Reds also beat the Tigers in the 10th that same night. For the first time since 2006, the Yankees swept the doubleheader in Fenway, putting them back over that 500 mark, which means they have won and lost the same amount of games. This is also the managers, the Yankees managers, 500th win. The A's took their 100th loss of the season to the Astros on Wednesday, 6-2, 100 losses in a season. Yikes. The Rangers won their fifth straight game, sweeping the Blue Jays and outscoring them 35-9 to in just the four games that they played. Off of a bunt, the Royals got their fourth straight win, including upsetting the Astros three out of four games in that series. The Giants pitchers combined walked seven batters in their 5-9 to loss to an already eliminated Rockies team. 
The Blue Jays-Red Sox game went to 13 innings before finally getting a winner. Toronto won that game by one. But that wasn't the only 13-inning game that night. The Cubs-Diamondbacks also took it to 13, with both both teams having 12 hits. The Arizona team comes away with the W, 7-6. Philly Schwarber got his 44th home run of the season and his team got the W over the Cardinals 6-1 on Saturday. The Marlins swept the MLB leading Braves, including a domination on Sunday where Chisholm hit his second Grand Slam in consecutive games. And then avoiding the sweep, the Nationals beat the Brewers in 11 on Sunday. Despite having a nine-run lead, the Giants hung on to a win 11-10, and the Padres carded their fourth straight win with the 10-1 win over the A's. Sticking with kind of bad news for the Angels, Angels star pitcher and hitter Otani is done for the season and his locker has largely been cleaned out. That is because he is a free agent after this season. He suffered a tear in his elbow ligament, which means he was done on the mound, but an oblique injury put him out of games for good this season, even as a batter. He ends the season with 44 home runs, a record of 10 to five, 10 wins, five losses with a 3.14 ERA and is still leading the vote for the American League MVP. And then the Royals and the Rays have both clinched playoff berths, although no division title yet as they're in the same division and they're competing for the same title. It was funny, though, because these teams were playing each other, and that game went to 11 innings. But even though the Orioles had a walk-off in the 11th, both teams earned a playoff bid during that game. How, you may ask? Well, because the Texas Rangers lost on Sunday to the Guardians, which guaranteed both teams at least a wildcard spot. The Guardians had a nine-run inning in their crushing defeat of the Texas team, 9-2. to Oh, and that completed the three-game sweep for the Texas team as well. They got swept the three games as well. The Dodgers have clinched their division for the 10th time in 11 seasons in their game against the Mariners. That also went to 11 innings. They were scoreless in regulation. Both got a run in the 10th, and then we, of course, had to keep going. So the Dodgers then turned the heat on with a five-run inning in the 11th. The Mariners tried to mount a comeback, but only got one run. We also add a previously or to our previous eliminated teams. We also add a newly eliminated team in the American League, the Angels. So it's just an all around bad vibes day for the Angels in this podcast. Moving along to college football. There were only two losses in the top 25 this week. Number 11, Tennessee went to the swamp to play Florida And it was clear that quarterback Milton is not their quarterback of old Hendon Hooker. Florida laid it on in the second quarter, putting up 20 points and getting the win, 29-16. Number 15, K-State took their old Big 12 rival, Mizzou, this weekend. And it was a back-and-forth game. Mizzou led at half, 17-14. Then K-State scored 10 unanswered points in the third quarter. But Mizzou came back to take the lead after a quick 29-second drive. Then K-State tied it up with a field goal in the final six minutes. 
Then we had back-to-back punts. Then Mizzou drove all the way down from the 18 to the 44 for a possible 61-yard field goal to win the game. And they nailed it. Mizzou upsets K-State 30-27. to 61 yards is the second largest field goal ever. 62 is the actual official record. Only 29 teams remain undefeated in all of FBS. Other major storylines is South Carolina was leading number one Georgia at half, 14-3. to But Georgia's D-line was too much for the Gamecocks to handle. Dogs win 24-14. Number three, Florida State struggled in a meaningful game against Boston College. Boston College tried to mount a comeback in the fourth quarter, scoring 13 unanswered points, but fell two points short. The Eagles had 18 penalties, including the comeback killer. And you just can't have 131 yards of penalties against literally top number three team in the entire country. Number four, Texas was trailing Wyoming going into the fourth quarter, but they managed to turn it on and won 31-10. Number six, Ohio State finally looked like themselves after a couple of low weeks and unimpressive weeks. They finally turned it back on, beating a Western Kentucky team 63-10. to Number 10, Alabama has a quarterback issue. They started new quarterback, Buckner, then benched him, then put in their new recruit that came out and did better, sort of, and they only beat South Florida 17-3. to That is the least points scored versus an unranked opponent since 2014, so we may see Milrow back as we start SEC play this week. LSU looked like a new team playing Mississippi State. They won handily, 41-14. QB Daniels and neighbors just connected for a ton of points, and it was killer. And then finally, the game day game lived up to expectations with cheap shots, the rock on game day, and overtime. There were 27 penalties for a total of 269 yards. There was also six turnovers and two teams that hated each other. Wide receiver and cornerback Travis Hunter took a flagrant cheap shot and was sent to the hospital. TBD on how long he is going to be out, but it it looks like it was going to be a quote-unquote couple of weeks. And that wasn't the only bad foul. There was also like finger poking through the helmet, all kinds of crazy stuff. Number 18, Colorado may have put up points on the board first. But after that, Colorado State turned it on. For a team who hadn't put up 20 points all of last season, they hit it this time, putting up 28 in regulation and never letting Colorado take the lead back after just seven minutes into the game. Colorado did make a stellar comeback, though. Their final drive, they had to go 98 yards, score a touchdown and a two-point conversion to tie. And like I said, we went to overtime, so they were successful. It was absolutely amazing. Shador Sanders put on a show and looked like his daddy in that drive. Both teams were successful the first time in overtime. Then Colorado scored a touchdown on fourth down and a two-point conversion in the second overtime. Then it was Colorado State's turn. They made it down to the four-yard line, but again, the story of the night was penalties continued to be a problem, and they got pushed back. Ultimately, they were unsuccessful, and Colorado escapes their rivalry game. Now, some other things to note besides the fact that Travis Hunter looks like he may be out for a couple of weeks. Um, The 
broadcast was um, lopsided to say the least. There was a ton of Colorado coverage and not a lot of Colorado State coverage. So definitely understood why the Colorado State team was pissed going into that game, as well as obviously you want to be spoilers for Dion, but he is 3-0. and Moving along to NFL, and this week, Thursday night, moved back to, unfortunately, Prime. Amazon Prime is where you got to watch that. That was the Eagles versus the Vikings, and it was a great back-and-forth game, but the Vikings had four turnovers, and the Eagles' offense was too much, winning 34-28. to The Colts put up 28 points by half, and that was all that was needed to beat the Texans. They won 31-20. to The Broncos had a miraculous comeback with quarterback Russell Wilson throwing an amazing 50-yard touchdown, but they fell short on the two-point conversion, which would have tied the game. For the second week in a row, the Cardinals had a game in hand and lost it at the end. This week was to the Giants when they overcame a 21-point deficit to get their W. The Chargers-Titans game went into overtime, and the Chargers went three and out, but the Titans managed to hit a game-winning field goal. And that wasn't the only game to go into overtime. The Seahawks-Lions game also went into overtime, where the Seahawks scored a touchdown to put the game away. The Falcons scored 13 points in the final quarter to win by one point over the Packers, who did all of their scoring in the second and third quarters. Joe Burrow, again, struggled this week against the Ravens, who beat the Bengals 27-24. to And the Cowboys continue to roll, especially as the Jets had four turnovers. So we started last Monday night, and I think I left y'all saying that Aaron Rodgers had already gone down um, by the time I put the podcast up. So yeah, we started Monday Night Football with the Jets versus the Bills and all the hype around Jets, Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers, and he only got to play four snaps before he tore his Achilles. You can literally watch it snap in the video. But the Jets won in overtime despite losing their quarterback. So it was a true comeback win. And the Jets fans were pumped and sad all in the same night. And we have some golf news this week before we head into a break before the Ryder Cup. The 24-year-old Californian Sahith Gala got his debut PGA Tour win in Napa this weekend at the Fortnite Championship. He won by two strokes at Silverado over S.H. Kim. The gala has started 74 tournaments on the PGA tour before carding this win. This is on a great note for him because he bogeyed in the BMW final round to lose out of an opportunity to play in the tour championship, ending his season early and on just like the worst of notes that you could possibly end it on. So this comes at a perfect time for him. And I have actually walked the course with his family before, and they are just so incredibly nice. So congratulations, Sahith. I don't usually cover motorsports, but my husband even pointed out that I needed to cover it this week before because for the first time all season, a Red Bull driver was not on the top spot of the podium for Formula One. Ferrari's Carlos Sainz took his second overall win at the Singapore GP. It is his first win of the season. Lando Norris for McLaren Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton for Mercedes rounded out the podium. And notice whose name is not on there. Max Verstappen. In fact, Verstappen, who has taken all but a few wins, two actually, where his teammate Perez actually won the other two, 
He was in fifth for this race. So nice to see someone else on the top of the podium. And then a teeny bit of Olympic news. The Prefontaine Classic was also the Diamond League final this year. So this was the first year that the iconic meet was granted the finale to the Diamond League season. Usually the Prefontaine Classic takes place in May. But this was the end of the season for a lot of athletes. So we actually saw a ton of those world champions come back to compete. And it made for some lightning on the track. Surprisingly, both 100-meter world champions were beaten, and that was Americans Noah Lyles and Shakari Richardson. It was, at least on the men's side, it was a still an American victory as Christian Coleman outleaned Lyles and tied his world-leading time. So there were quite a few men with that time of 9.83 all year, which kind of Noah Lyles hated, but that's okay. And then um, another American to get revenge, Rye Benjamin, won the 400-meter hurdles, upsetting Karsten Warholm, who Warholm only had lost one time in the last five years, and it was last week on the Diamond League circuit. And then he lost again this week, but this time to the American. Grenada's Karani James also won the men's 400 meter after he was DQ'd at Worlds. So nice to see him come back. And then a couple of world records also went down during this meet. The first one was the women's 5,000 meters. Ethiopia's Gudaf Taske beat the world record by five seconds and 12 seconds better than her latest PR. And then Sweden's Armin Duplantis won the pole vault, no surprise there, and broke his own world record. He cleared 6.23 meters, just beating his old world record, which was 6.22 meters, which is about an inch and a half above his previous mark. And then American Nagus also set an American record in the men's 1500 meter with 343.97. That is two seconds off the old mark. It was Absolutely awesome to watch him go with Inga Britson in the 1500. And that will be it for track and field this year until 2024. That's what happened over the last week. Now let's go on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. And we've got MLB baseball on every day this week except Saturday. So tonight, catch the Twins at the Reds at 6 on Fox Sports 1. Tomorrow, the Phillies at the Braves at 620 on TBS. Then the Yankees at the Marlins at 540 on Fox Sports 1 on Wednesday. Thursday, you can either catch the Orioles at the Guardians or the Yankees at the Phillies at 6.15 on Fox. A couple of games on Apple TV on Friday. And then Sunday, round out your week with the Giants at the Dodgers at 6 on ESPN. Y'all, this week on college football, week four, the games are insane. We actually have six ranked versus ranked matchups. And that is just insane. (laughs) So to start the week, number 19, Colorado will play at number 10, Oregon on Saturday at 2.30. Oregon is favored by 21 points and Colorado will have to play without Travis Hunter. As of today, it looks like he supposedly we heard a lacerated liver and that he'll miss two weeks, three weeks. We've kind of been going back and forth. If so, those two weeks are a doozy because they play number 10, Oregon, and then next week play number five, USC. 
Moving on, keep going on the top games to, to watch this week. Number 22, UCLA takes on number 11, Utah at 2.30 on ABC. Utah is still favored by four and a half points. I'm guessing that's because quarterback Cam Rising will probably make his debut of the season. Then we have 15, Ole Miss traveling to number 13, Alabama. Let's see if their quarterback play can take a step forward. That game is also at 2.30, so I hope you have three screens. That game will be on CBS Alabama favored by seven. Then in the Pac-12, number 14, Oregon State takes on 21, Washington State at six on Fox. Oregon State is favored by three. And game day game of the week, number six, Ohio State going to number nine, Notre Dame at 630 on NBC. Ohio State is favored by three and a half. So good thing they figured out their stuff last week and looked much more like themselves because they will need it to beat Notre Dame and their quarterback, Sam Hartman. And then number 24, Iowa will take on number seven, Penn State, also at 630. That game is on CBS. Penn State is favored by 14 and a half. So like I said, it is a great week in college football. Moving along to NFL tonight, there's actually two games on Monday Night Football, and that seems to that trend is going to seem to continue because tonight Saints at the Panthers at 6:15 on ESPN, and then at 7:15 on ABC, the Browns at the Steelers. Thursday Night Football again is back on Amazon Prime. Giants at the 49ers at 7:15. Then on Sunday you have nine games at noon on Fox or CBS. The CBS games are the Broncos at the Dolphins, the Patriots at the Jets, the Bills at the Command or the Colts at the Ravens and then on Fox the Falcons at the Lions the Saints at the at the Packers the Chargers at the Vikings and the Texans at the Jags then on 305 on CBS the Panthers will take on the Seahawks as a quick turnaround week the Bears at the Chiefs or the Cowboys at the Cardinals at 325 on Fox depending on your geographical location also try to say Cowboys at the Cardinals a bunch of times fast that was kind of tricky Steelers at the Raiders will be at 7:20 on Sunday night, rounding it out on NBC. And then a week from today on Monday Night Football, the Eagles at the Buccaneers at 6:15 on ABC, and the Rams at the Bengals at 7:15 on ESPN. We have two Moto Sports going on this week on both on Sunday for Formula One, the Japanese Grand Prix. If you're still up Saturday night into Sunday, that takes place at midnight on ESPN. And then MotoGP goes to India for the India Grand Prix. That you can catch at 1.30 on NBC. We have two Olympic sports going on this week. Thursday, volleyball NCAA women's is Minnesota versus Iowa at 6 on Fox Sports 1. And interestingly enough, on Saturday, Sports Climbing World Championships will be at 8 a.m. on Fox Sports 1 as well. That wraps it up for me this week. As always, check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports, for a little bit more stories, but definitely those top 25 games to watch. And please go ahead and review on the, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatnot. I greatly appreciate it. I'll catch you all next week.